Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Monday, December 23rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 346 featuring Celtics radio analyst Cedric Maxwell is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. Three games over the last week, all wins, including a couple of blowouts over the Pistons and Hornets. And, you know, I said on the show last time around, with a healthy Marcus Smart, I think the Celtics beat the Pacers and Sixers too. So we should be talking about a nine-game winning streak. But I digress. It's okay. really speaks to the depth on this roster. You take what you can, and I think most Celtics fans are perfectly happy with a 20-7 and record heading into a Christmas Day game in Toronto. That rapidly approaching here. Happy holidays to everybody. Welcome into a new Monday edition of Celtics Beat. Adam Kaufman, and, uh, you know, so much to talk about. Nobody better to do it with than with an NBA Finals MVP, a two-time champ, a man with his number 31 in the rafters, the team's radio analyst, a man who is putting his energy into Twitter these days, and he's also, oh, by the way, part of the CLNS media podcasting family as well. Cedric Maxwell. Max, what's up, man? How are you? I am doing fine, sir. It is just an exciting time for me, and I'm about to add something else to my resume. Oh, please. Uh, young young Mr. Maxwell is, is probably going to be teaching a course in communication, sports communication really? at Emerson College. That's so, awesome. You know, yet another feather or whatever it might be in my hat. So uh, just another hat to put on. I don't know where you find the time. I have no idea. This <laughs> is going to be as unique as it can. Uh, you know, I have a couple of people who are going to be helping me and uh, there's going to be some days I probably would end up missing, but I really want to do this and, and get a chance to kind of mingle with some students and see if I can plant some seeds out there for some new broadcasters one day. I got out of college 15 years ago, so I guess I, I can't take the class, but maybe I could audit it or something, come by and check it out. Well, I, I guess it would. you can do whatever you would like to do with the <laughs> class. Uh, but uh, I just know that it's a uh, it's a great opportunity for me, and and to connect again is going to be a beautiful thing. Would you do it? Uh, you said there'd be some people helping you out, but would you teach the class by yourself, or would you have someone there with you doing that? I will have maybe for the first part. I will have somebody helping me with the class. But I have a lot of ideas, and I've talked to a couple people, and uh, I think I'll be able to implement a lot of the ideas. I'm going to um, have some special guests who will come in. Uh, I've talked to Abby Chin already about possibly coming in and talking because, you know, this is about uh, people wanting to become broadcasters sure. and doing things that she and I like to do. And uh, I might try to get a player to come by and speak one day. So Maybe your broadcast some, partner, too. Yeah, I got some, I got some interesting stuff for uh, some students who are there. That's not, well, if you ever need another voice and, and you really run out of people to ask, I'd love to help you out. It sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna pin you down on that. So that's why Good. I'm reaching out and telling everybody. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And and before we get to the Celtics and just all the great stuff there is to talk about this team, let's, let's keep talking about the world of Max because you are uh, someone that joined Twitter recently. In fact, the morning that it happened, you know, I get the follow notification and I thought, really? Or is this, you know, one of those fake accounts that's out there? And I texted you and you said, no, that's me. I'm on now. People can find you, by the way, at Cedric Maxwell 81. 
Why now? How did this happen? Um, you know, I've always been a, been a little intimidated by it because uh, that Twitter and I see I've seen more people get in trouble with you know remarks they've made. So sure. I'm being very protective about you know how I would do it and uh, the content uh, and things that really I I talk about that I I, I know. So I'm trying to stay close to the vest with the information at hand. So that that's one thing I, I wanted to do and just try to get some information out there about maybe people that, um, you know, I've loved and I've known. Uh, just recently I found uh, uh, had a gentleman send me some pictures, some rare pictures of myself and Danny Ainge and hmm. Dennis Johnson that were taken at Hellenic College, uh, Casey Jones, and I put that, those out. So gives me an opportunity to to put some information out that you know that is credible that i know about this is a great way to connect with people too i mean i I can't imagine you were having trouble connecting with people before but this is going to be a a totally new avenue for you yes uh it 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 really will like say i don't have problems at all connecting with people i just walk down the street hey what's going on man tell me about this so i don't have that kind of but to reach um, other people and maybe to reach uh, the masses at different times, I think that it's going to take a whole uh, – I'll take another step forward in communicating with people uh, via t- Twitter. But uh, rest assured, I'm trying to make sure that I am um, uh, I am very respectful of the power of uh, Twitter and what it can do to you and what it can do for you. You are pretty active on Twitter for a newcomer, too, between posting videos, you're responding to a lot of people, you've got a, a lot of detail there in the bio. Did you have some help getting this whole thing set up, or have you just really taken a deep dive into it? No, I've, I, I have some help doing this stuff. You know, I would never be uh, that dishonest with people who follow me. You know, <laughs> I'm able to get a lot of the content out myself, but... You know, I don't have the time like other people just to sit there and tweet every single moment. I don't have the time like the president of the United States to do that. I really don't. <laughs> or like me. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you spend on it? Do you go into your mentions and look at what people are sending you? I, you know, there are times I'll go in and I'll look and see what people send me. I, I try not to. I try to get more of it out. Uh, it's just so many things I'm doing. I don't have the time to dive into it. A hundred percent. But I do want to put a lot of information out that I put out is trying to make sure that all of it is accurate and that things that I really believe in, that's what I'll talk about. So I'm curious. I'm not sure. I didn't look up exactly how long you've been on Twitter at this point, a few weeks, a month, something like that. What is the the best part so far and what is the worst part? Um, The best part was um, just connecting with different people. Like I said, the putting out the pictures I've recently put out of Dennis Johnson, who was a dear friend who I missed dearly. Uh, it, uh, it was a picture of, of Dennis and myself. Um, I had a Houston Rockets uniform on, and he had a Celtic uniform on, and we were talking and just laughing. That was very important to me to keep his legacy going. About one of the greatest players I think ever to put on the Celtic uniform. Uh, I I tease, I laugh right now when I think about it, and I say Marcus Smart might be the only guy who has maybe elapsed Dennis Johnson as a defender. And uh, Mark Jackson uh, came at me. He was like, I read what you put out, and, Hmm. and, uh, you know, I I, I don't agree because, uh, you know, uh, Dennis guarded me. Well, I happen to be playing against Dennis all the time almost every day (laughs) and watching Marcus every day. And comparing the two, and no slight at all to DJ, but Marcus instinctively is probably just a better, bigger, stronger version. Well, you bring up Marcus, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but let's talk about the uh, the current group of C's because, again, this is a lot of fun. The team 20-7, and seven, it seems like they're certainly in every single game. They have a chance to win every single game, and people joke about the hospital Celtics. It doesn't matter who's available, who's not. Jason Tatum, fresh off a career-high 39 points, averaging 22. Jalen Brown, averaging 20. This is what Tatum had to say the other day about their games. We different. Uh... Yeah, you probably can tell he's stronger than me, more athletic, faster, he can jump higher. And, uh, I mean, we do a lot of things similar. Uh, 
But, you know, we, we've been playing with each other for a while. So uh, we just try to feed off each other. We know what each other can do on the court. So, uh, you know, it's still a learning experience. Uh, hopefully we can continue to play with each other for a very long time. But uh, right now, just stay in the moment. Anytime these two guys go off in the same game, I, I send the tweet that says something like, the future is now. You know, it's it's just so much fun to watch these two together. They're both so young. Of course, as we know, Brown under contract for a while now. His extension kicks in next year. Tatum is going to get maxed out by Boston. That's inevitable. But did you expect this kind of leap from both of these guys this year, especially when you have Kemba Walker also here putting up 23 per and Gordon Hayward averaging 18 when he plays? I didn't think that... Um... I was hoping, but after looking at what happened last year and to watch Brown and Tatum take sort of a step backwards, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect this year. And Brown came out of the box early and was just lights out. And then Tatum has progressively gotten better. And I told somebody before, might even tweeted it out and said, this looks like Bird and Maxwell in those first couple of years when they played together. It was like they, they fed off each other. Uh, you know, they were, when you see a guy playing so well and taking it to another level, you try to ramp your game up. Now, obviously, I couldn't get to the level of Larry Bird, but there were many occasions where, you know, I did play really well. Uh, and I look at Brown last night, I look at Tatum last night. Both guys seem to take the game over at different spots in the game. And it's a luxury to have those two two kind of guys out on the floor. And for, you know, if they stay healthy, you know, I man, it is just scary to think about, as you're saying, the future is right now with these two guys the way they play. Well, Walker has really just drooled all over Tatum's potential like so many of us have. I mean, he is – he is in. He is all in and said that he thinks Tatum's going to be one of the best players in this league pretty soon. Here's what Kemba, though, had to say about missing every shot that he took the other night against the Pistons and just sort of where he is mentally after a guy like Tatum goes off for 39. When is over, man? I could care less. I could score zero in for the rest of the games this year as long as we win. That's, that's all I care about. Everybody know I can score. I really, yeah, I don't, I don't care at all. So Kemba's talked about chemistry a lot, going back to these guys being together on on the USA team in China and and really building that chemistry from there. The teammates picking him up on the court and off when he struggles. He mentioned just as a new guy, sometimes he needs those confidence boosts. And I started thinking about this after these latest couple of wins, Max. I'm curious what you think. Is Walker the most likable and selfless point guard the Celtics have had during the Danny Ainge era? Because you couldn't pay this guy to say something controversial or confrontational. Boy, what a slap that was to Kyrie Irving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. What a backhanded (laughs) slap that was. I mean, it is like we just cannot, and I'm not sure. Again, if we can never leave Kyrie alone. But you know what? Like, and and I know you. I know you didn't mention his name. But Kimball Walker is almost the anti-Kyrie. He is? Because if you watch him play game-wise, both guys can take over a basketball game. Mm-hmm. But from a personality standpoint, Kyrie, and, and I love Kyrie, Kyrie was the elitist. He was just almost like hands-off. Even with the Celtic management, it's like, if you went to an event, oh, nobody can talk to Kyrie. Uh, you know, we, we got security around him. No, you can talk to the other players, but you can't talk to Kyrie. That doesn't happen right now with Walker. You know, everybody's like, oh, Kimba, hey, Kimba, how you doing? And it's, there is just two different personalities, and one seems to fit the Celtics a lot better right now, uh, the way you've seen Walker, because he, he is. He's, he, it's almost like – selfless he is he is so happy to be here uh you know leaving charlotte and coming here to boston and having the atmosphere and to get paid on top of it Mm -hmm. what is it to be happy about if you're him well like you said after eight nine years in charlotte where you're you're not winning i mean maybe you finish above 500 every once in a while but you're not really in the mix you're not mentally you know you're not a a championship caliber team so to come here and believe to truly believe and and see some of the evidence out there on the court and look at the guys that he's playing with that you could potentially be on that level if not this year 
in the next couple of years to come. Yeah, that has to change your mindset. Really, though, truthfully, when when I thought about that, we know we take for granted that this and Kemba is is just the antithesis of Kyrie like you talked about. So when I asked the question, truthfully, I wasn't even thinking about Kyrie, which will probably be hard to believe for a lot of people because I, I will never hesitate to go after Kyrie Irving when there's an opportunity. What I thought you would say was that it's really more of a slap to Isaiah Thomas, because as we know, IT was, again, all in on Boston, bled green like few before him or or few that will come after him. I mean, this, this is a guy that really put himself on the map with what he achieved in Boston. But because, unlike Kemba, who, as you said, has been paid, IT wasn't paid, and he wanted so desperately to get paid, at least before the injury, and, and still wants it, however realistic that is. That was still something, you know, the backup to Brinks truck stuff. That came out every once in a while. He st- he had that that boulder size chip on his shoulder that occasionally he feel like he had to advocate for himself and, and would maybe even call out Brad Stevens for rotations, things along those lines. Only happened a couple of times, but it did happen. There is nothing that Kemba has said or done that you could put any sort of a negative spin on at all. No, I, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I'll put one in. Go ahead. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get a damn Xbox. Went for the spin on. Watch all the teammates an Xbox. Hey, how about another guy? Buy me an Xbox. I don't even. I wouldn't even know how to use it. But uh, <laughs> you're, you're 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 right. I mean, Kimba has he said all the right things, and 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 there's no reason for him not to. Uh, he's on a team right now that's winning. Here's a, a guy who scored, what, two points, didn't even have a basket the other right. day. And his team, if he had done that in Charlotte, they get beat by 30. Killed. Here's yeah. his team runs away and, and, and hides from the other team because he has so many weapons and so many other guys to go to. So if you see Kimba right now, you check the boxes. One, okay, I'm on a winning team. I'm in a two in a winning environment. I have a great coach. I have checked great teammates. Um, you know, there's nothing at all for Kimba really to be down about. So I, I just think it's uh, almost a no-brainer. If he if he was down right now in any situation, I'd be like, man, what is wrong with you? With <laughs> you would these, be clinically all, depressed. Yeah, yeah, with all the blessings which have been uh, you know uh, bestowed upon him, like you said, I think. The only thing he didn't do was get paid. Well, Kimba has gotten paid. Yep. So all those boxes that you look to check, when you think about how a guy wants to play or what he does, they're already there for Kimba. If you want to come over and play my Kaufman Xbox, you're you're welcome to. I don't have an idea at all how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the... I'll put that on Twitter. Somebody teach me how to play yeah. Xbox, and I'm around kids all the time. I'm watching them. It's like, it's like a foreign language to people over 60, so don't worry about the <laughs> over 50. We we don't know that kind of stuff. So with Kemba's success, again, you know, we could we could go over all the stats. We won't, but career highs in a couple of different categories, uh, shooting from three and attempts as well, and he's just he's putting up Kemba Walker numbers. He's doing great. Even with all the balance and all the talent on this team, he's doing great. And we talked about Jason and Jalen, what they're achieving so far, career years for both of them. We're inching closer to that February All-Star game mathematically, it would seem like the Celtics only have room for two All-Stars, not because only two are deserving, but just, you know, where everyone else is going to come from across the Eastern Conference, unless something breaks the mold. Do you believe that this team will have three All-Stars? I think they will. I think it's going to be three All-Stars. You know, I I think that Kemba is definitely in the mix, Uh, you know, especially when you think about the guys who haven't played, like Kyrie Irving, uh, who hasn't played. Uh, you know, so there, there are guys in Tatum and Brown. Uh, they'll be there, uh, you know, regardless. They're going to be there. So I, I, I think that, you know, you'll have three guys. And um, and it's just really a shame that the way Gordon Haywood started out the beginning of the year. Yeah, he was Gordon there. Haywood was on the path to be an all-star this year. Now, I think the injuries and him not playing uh, over the last, you know, month or so, mm-hmm. I think that will probably set him back. But uh, he had bounced back to a great level confident-wise. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm anxious to see how much confidence he's going to bring to the table coming back. And, and maybe he plays on Christmas Day. Maybe Marcus is back. So more uh, more presence for the Celtics, more, more presence mm-hmm. for uh, Mad Brad. 
Let's talk about uh, Gordon Hayward because you brought him up. He has obviously missed time with a variety of injuries this year. Most concerning seems to be that sore foot. Danny Ainge, and this goes back a few days now, said on the Sports Hub that the team doesn't exactly know what the issue is. You know, he's day-to-day. He's had this foot issue. When he was coming back with the hand injury, he was doing a lot of training and, and being able to work, and and he just has a, a toe-slash-foot it's right there, you know, right where your toe connects with your foot, but it's it's just a, some pain, and we're trying to figure out what what it is. He had a he had a cortisone shot, and um, hoping that that would make it better, but it actually made it worse. So we're trying to figure all that out, but nobody knows exactly what the issue is. So again, that was a few days ago. Brad Stevens, as you acknowledged, expects Hayward back soon, maybe even this next game on Christmas Day. But between the foot, the hand, whatever else, are you worried about him and what he will contribute once he's back? No, I, I'm really not. I think that what you're talking about, you know, the foot would concern me because of, uh, you know, that's those, those those wheels you have to have. Uh, if they can get that, that under wraps, I think, you know, everything is going to be good. Uh, the hand did not bother me because it wasn't the mechanics he was trying to get back to. Right, wasn't the uh, shooting hand. And all that. So I, I think that in in that respect, no, I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to bring he's, – he's gutty. He loves to play the game. I think he misses the game at a high level. Somebody asked me last night, well, where was he? He wasn't on the bench last night. I said he probably was in the training room. It probably was, you know, it's his – you know, just getting treatment. So I, I just think that, you know, um, he'll be, he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, so I, I, if you think about those players you have, and the only thing that concerns me has been the subjects have been so small. And, uh, but uh, Cancer has played much better here. He stepped into a nice little role. Mm-hmm. Daniel Tice has been a huge surprise. You came into the beginning of the season and you said Daniel Tice was going to be your center. I don't think that a lot of people would have uh, given the Celtics too much chance to have the kind of record they've had. But Daniel Tice has been sensational. He's shot the ball. He's blocked shots. He's played a such a uh, integral role in what they do in setting picks and, and, and moving well without the basketball that he's become a, a great compliment for the guys on the floor. Marcus Smart, who you brought up before, is the uh, second coming of DJ, if all goes well. He's got that double eye infection. Now, he is going to return soon as well, and dealing with all that after the oblique injury. So it's just been a, a frustrating month for him. And we've only seen the C's five best players together, Walker, Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Smart, for a total of five minutes on the floor. We're 27 wow. games in. Yeah, it's nuts. Now, I realize that's a small lineup. It's not one that would play together all the time anyway. It's not the starting five. But still, you would think they'd see some meaningful minutes together. They've only had five so far. If and when this group is fully healthy, what's its potential? Where do you rank Boston in the East or, or even the entire league? Well, I think you look at, at Milwaukee right now as, as, the, as the daddy. In, in the East, uh, the way they're playing. Philadelphia is really just confusing me because, you know, I thought that they would be much better. Um, and you, you look at their record. In some of the games they've lost, I was, they've, they've kind of surprised me. Uh, but the Celtics have to be ew, second, third in the East right now. And the way they're playing, if you think about the combinations they're able to put on the floor, they've been in almost every game. Uh, this season uh, had an opportunity in the fourth quarter to win. And um, that doesn't happen by chance. Uh, you look at you, you're maybe five or six points away from this team, you know, record being that much better. Uh, you think about the Sacramento game you lost with Marcus shooting one that kind of falls off the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're up, but they're up by 10 or so with about two minutes to go against the Clippers uh, in, in L.A. So this team has had a lot of uh, very confident games that they played and uh, have played really well. So uh, I'm just looking forward to having those guys back and seeing what Brad, the combinations that Brad can start using now. I think the only thing that kind of bothers me about having so much talent is trying to use so much talent. And uh, last year, I think that there were times when Brad was so nice that he tried to play everybody and somebody has to sit and watch and that's going to be the difficult thing again that brad has to come up with a formula 
We're trying to keep everybody happy, but at the same time trying to play guys. We'll get right back to Max, but football playoff races heating up. Just one week left in the regular season, and you can follow all the action at betonline.ag as your favorite team makes its way to the end of the regular season, hopefully into the playoffs. And I have to imagine a lot of Patriots fans listening to this one. It's all about the postseason at this point. Draft picks as well with teams securing the uh, their places in the draft as we start to get a better look at what the final standings are going to be for the teams that have nothing left to play for. BetOnline.ag is there for you during all the late-season drama. Up-to-date information, including odds and lines, every spread, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. So many options for you. And before next season kicks off, you can head to betonline.ag, receive your 50% welcome bonus, and be sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to take advantage of our great offer today. Bring the game home with you. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Some of the kids are, are guys that are finding their way into the lineup. When I say kids, I don't mean the you know, 21, 22-year-old Tatum and Brown. I mean the rookies. And Grant Williams mm-hmm. is – we may have even talked about this sometime over the summer when we did a show, but Grant Williams, I have said since the draft, far and away my favorite of the four draft picks by the Celtics this year. I just – I have all the confidence in him yeah. to – to come in, and this is coming into the season, to be just a, a contributor, a role player, kind of Al Horford light, clearly not at that level, but a guy who can do a lot of the same things, a bit smaller, but just competent. Not going to blow you away with any athleticism yeah. or put up a ton of points, but he's going to be solid. Brad has said this before, the kind of guy that, that could play 15 years in this league, have a long, long NBA career, and be a, a key player maybe even on a championship team in terms of as a role player. But yeah. With uh, with his 18 points the other night, career high, you know, starting to hit some three-pointers now, and I don't expect any of this with regularity, but just to do it every once in a while, got me thinking, at what point do we call him a steal? You know, should the Celtics, or should another team, should he have been drafted higher than 22 as, you know, the season comes into focus here? If you're watching him play, you would say yes. Um, but I don't think that it equates sometimes when you think about how guys play and what you want them to do. For, and, and what I mean by that is, say, if he's on another team and you're asking him to score a bunch of points and knock down a bunch of jump shots, you might not say he's valuable to your team. But with the Celtics, because you ask him to do, to be, to do all the dirty work, uh, to take charges, uh, to rebound the basketball, to come up with loose balls, uh, to, to set picks, to play center at, six, at about 6'6 six, six in the NBA, those things equate to value and they might not be valued to other teams, but in my eyes, if you look at, at him, he is definitely steel. He is such a smart, articulate guy. When you watch him, he's a friendly guy and he fits the role of rookie. Like very few have because he is so confident. His mom is a, is a, is a scientist for NASA. Right. So, so man, if, if you just got a few of those genes that come, come down to you, and, you know, I know his dad also, and he's, you know, just the nicest guy. So a great family. So this, this kid understands his role and isn't trying to get up in anybody's face and, you know, I need my time. If Brad puts him in for one minute, it's going to be one minute balls to the wall mm-hmm. the way he plays the game. And I think that's what you like about him. Yeah, he's polished, high basketball IQ for uh, for a young guy for sure. And uh, you would have more experience with this than I do. But you know, everyone says that in the locker room he is just he is loud. Like he is just he is always talking, never shuts up, but does not bother anybody. He just he you know everybody loves him. That that is so true. I think that that reminds me of a young Cedric Maxwell who <laughs> just could not shut up <laughs> he was always running his mouth but for the most part my teammates loved me and, and I think they loved me too because I was in, in being braggish it scared me enough that I knew I had to put up or shut up in almost every game so that to me was a whole nother side of me and he doesn't seem to be that way he's just just trying to fit in and mm-hmm. I just want to play and 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 you know I don't want to make any waves and uh, I had dinner with him with a, a couple of clients when they um, Putnam investors and um, and we all sat down and talked. And normally I go to these these events uh, with a player and I'm trying to help the player along, you know, talking to the, you know, to the clients and to the people. I didn't have to say a word. I just sat there and ate my food because he just he took the room. Wind over. him up and go. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was engaging. He, you know, wanted to talk. He wanted to know he was interesting. So, you know, you see other people who are a little bit more on the quiet side. You know, I, I did that with Daniel Tice. Great, great guy, but a little bit more quiet. And, you know, so so it's, it's a, it, when you watched him interact in a room, it was uh, it was so exhilarating for me as a as a broadcaster to see somebody who had that kind of uh, moxie who wasn't afraid to interact in another playing field. So he's one end of the spectrum. You might say that Romeo Langford is on the other, just in terms of personality. He's you know a quieter kid, very even keel, not high energy. He'd be the first to admit it. He's getting an opportunity now with all these injuries. He's played the last few games. He's making fifty five percent of his shots. The biggest knock on him coming out of college was he can't shoot. You know, people assumed even with that thumb injury that he played with throughout most of the year last year that that was reality. This kid can't shoot. Another you know Danny Ainge draft pick who can't shoot in a small sample. That's not the case. Part of the reason might be, much to uh, his own reluctance, he agreed to change his form. One, making it more of a like one motion. Um, also, not cocking it back so far. Because growing up in a in a college, I was like bringing it back to like the middle of my head. But um, that was like the main thing is not not bringing it all the way back and making like two like a jerkish motion. Max, it looked like. It was possible anyway that it could be kind of a lost year for Langford in the NBA, a development mm-hmm. year in, in Maine in the G League mostly. And, and maybe I guess that'll still be the case. It's very early on. But do you think he can contribute to this team? Well, if you watched him in the last couple of games, he's starting to grow as a player and growing in confidence. You watched him last night, you know, knock down a couple of uh, trays and uh, get a couple of rebounds, block a couple of shots. And I think that's the beauty of, of Brad and, you know, the fact that he will give these guys, you know, a, a moment in the sun. And for the most part, these guys have not shot away. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait for you and you and I to start talking about, you know, the uh, the the 800-pound bear in the room, uh, Taco Fall, because <laughs> that's just that's a whole nother phenomenon. Which yeah, I, I oh, we'll get there, seen. believe me. I think that he is uh, – it, it looked early on like, okay, he's just going to be in the G League. and But now he seems to be playing uh, really well. And and don't forget about Tremont Waters, who is down there too, who is lighting up the G League. And, and I love him as a point guard. He's confident. He's cocky. Here's a guy not far away from Harvard. This is it, the, the Southerns have, have drafted very, very well this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think they've, they're missed the beat right now with what Zaren, William, Zaren has done and, and Danny Ainge. With Taco, who you mentioned, and you've, uh, for all I know, you've said this on the air already during broadcast, but, you know, he is becoming really a, a living, breathing Gino or a Red Auerbach victory cigar. Like he just embodies that because that's it, you know, you know, at the end of the game, Taco's coming in. This game is probably in hand. We've seen that the last couple of games late. He's averaging, and it doesn't mean anything, but he is averaging better than four points and two rebounds without even playing four minutes per. So people who obsess over, you know, the per 36-minute stats, Taco falls off the charts. Brad Stevens and Taco both talked about the crowd reaction in what was his home debut on Friday. My family is out of town, and um, I was talking to him before the game, and and I was kind of going through the injury report and, you know, Brady was asking me all kinds of questions about who we were going to match up with Drummond and what we're going to do. And and Kinsley pipes in from the car. She said, it's time to give the people what they want. <laughs> and that's all she said. And, she, and so I so I thought that was uh, I was laughing the whole time. Everybody was chanting because all I could think about was Kinsley leading the cheers um so but it was good to see him play well tonight was intense uh usually it's like one once or twice but i feel like started in the third quarter and it just kept going i knew it was coming it was a matter of when jt jt tried to try to force me to go in first and then coach was amping up the crowd even more and all of a sudden he turned around he was like taco go and Obviously, the fact, Max, that it was a blowout early contributed to all that. The chance of we want Taco and Taco instead of defense or let's go Taco instead of let's go Celtics. I mean, the crowd was amped. It was nuts in the building. Whether as a broadcaster or as a player, have you ever witnessed anything like the Taco Fall experience? No, no, I haven't. And this is the craziest thing that I was, I was telling Sean last night. 
in a blowout game, normally, normally, people are leaving, getting ready to get in the cars, trying to beat the traffic. Yep. People don't leave. My, my, my son is here from North Carolina, uh, Devin, and the first thing he's talking about is I'm waiting for Taco to come in. <laughs> Nobody leaves the game. Everybody's in their seats. Taco comes in, and you would think that Elvis just came into the building. Or Michael Jackson, because everybody's standing up. Everybody got the cameras. I want, and I don't want him to be that victory cigar. I want him to get some meaningful minutes mm-hmm. in a game that's close. And he, and I think he's, I think he's deserved the right. I think he's good enough to do that. I, it, I have never seen this, nor would I ever want to be Taco Fall because. It, you know, when he was in Maine or if he's here, he can't go anyplace. No. And I've met him several times. I've talked to him. The nicest guy. But people are always coming up. How tall are you? And, and he he has embraced that better than anybody. Couldn't be I a nicer kid. To, yeah, I think he went to Canopy Lakes. And people were following him around like he were, like they were the Lilliputians. They were just, <laughs> you know, he like a Gulliver. <laughs> he's like, Jesus, this was is, is unreal. Uh, talking to Jamal Waters and there was he was saying when he's up in Maine he said he has to go out and get food for Taco because he can't go out in the general public and uh, why Taco Bell why Taco Bell hasn't picked up on this and we've sure. seen a Taco Bell commercial with him I, I have no idea because he is uh, he he is uh, he's a great kid and I think all he really wants to do is play the game and be happy but uh, I think the people that have taken a whole another stance of almost like he's that lovable bear. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got to have this before I leave, you know. And it's like you said, the chant is normally, let's go sell this. Now it's like, let's go taco. And, <laughs> it, and it starts. It starts in earnest probably beginning maybe of the fourth quarter where they put him in. I miss. It might work better to Brad eventually for Brad to put him in in a game, a meaningful game, let him play, boom, get that over with, and you don't because he said it, and I thought this was the best thing I've ever heard a young player said, say. He said, um, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you, Coach, because <laughs> of all the people who are chanting my name instead of like, look, you need to put me in. No, I feel bad for you because – People are trying to put you under pressure, and he understands that, you know, who he is and his ability and what he can do. I know you can't specifically relate to this. You know, very few can at this point because, like you said, I mean, we really have not seen something like this before. But if you're an opponent, you know, you're on the other side and you're hearing those chants and you know that, you know, you're down by a lot, so maybe you're kind of mailing it in at that point anyway. But the crowd is just declaring by chanting for Taco that you are done. The game is over. How 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 deflating must that be? Demoralizing. Demoralizing. I, I remember listening. We did the interview with Enzo uh, Cantor uh, yesterday, and uh, he was talking about how he was shooting free throws in the fourth quarter, and he missed the first one, and people started cheering. And then he missed the second one. They started cheering louder. He was like, what's going on? He turned around and Taco was coming in the game. So <laughs> if, 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 if I'm a player, it's disconcerting. If I'm an opponent, you know, I know that I'm either way up or I'm way down, you know, when Taco's right. coming in the game. And uh, it, it would be demoralizing to, you know, because like, if I'm Charlotte and you're down by 25 and you think about, you know, getting on the bus, and people start chanting, you know, bring in taco, we want taco. You're sitting there like, what is this about? So, you know, everybody everybody right now in the last couple of weeks have ex- have experienced, you know, what is that, what it's like to uh, have taco in the building. Well, hell, Max, not just that. I mean, these last two games have been at home, TD Garden, and, and so you can understand a crowd reacting that way. How about his NBA debut at Madison Square Garden where you had everybody in that building cheering for him? It's cheering, you know, in Madison Square Garden, the the mecca, the 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 center of basketball, professional basketball, and and it just came up again in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they start chanting, "We want Taco," and this was the Knicks fans. So right. It is. Uh, it's it's um, it's something I haven't seen, and again, I just hope that you know he doesn't 
become uh, that punchline. He doesn't mm-hmm. become that Gino because he, he can play the game at a very high level. And I hope that he gets some meaningful minutes in the middle of a game uh, uh, and, and gets, gets an opportunity to show people what he can really do. Let's build on that. Taco was asked where he's at in his development. A long way. A long way. I still have a long way to go. I just got to stay the course, um, trusting the plan that they have for me, and things will work out. There's a few areas that I feel like I can do better. I mean, I'm pretty good defensively, but there's still things I feel like I can do better. I feel like I have so much more potential. I just don't want to be average, so just got to keep working. Max, in your decades in the game, you know a thing or two about basketball. So as you have watched him, what does he need to work on to get those, you know, mid-game meaningful minutes that you've been talking about? Um, I just think being stronger in the paint, I think, is going to help him um, to be more of a structure. There are times when you watch Taco, and he's a big guy, and, you know, weight-wise, but there are times sometimes he's almost like, um, I want to probably say a weeping willow. But, you know, that, that tree is, you know, you see it in your yard, but that tree is going to break. It's <laughs> swaying. It, it kind of leans down, it sways and comes back. He has to be more upright. And I think if he's able to move, and footwork is going to be critical for him. Just moving those big feet. And it's easy for me to say, I, you know, and I wear a size 15, 16. Taco is like about a 23. <laughs> so, you know, when you start moving the 23 foot around, you know, that is a, that can be a little difficult on a basketball court. So those things he's going to have to work on, get stronger in the paint and, you know, be just a lot, a lot more his presence, being bigger. He's already big, but just being bigger body wise, making yourself, you know, it's like when you see a, an animal out in the woods, like, uh, well, I hope I'll never see this, but they say if you see a bear, a bear out in the woods, that you should make yourself look bigger. You stand up yeah. so the, the bear is intimidated. Well, he has to stand up and project himself to be even bigger than the seven foot five he already is. Stepping away from this team, a uh, former Celts fan favorite, we talked about him before, Isaiah Thomas, got into an altercation with a fan Saturday in Philadelphia, and uh, I'll I'll let Thomas tell the story. A fan has both of his middle fingers up and said, F*** you, three times. So then the timeout goes, and I go in the stands to confront him. I say, don't be disrespectful. That calm. I'm a man before anything, and be a fan. And his response was, I'm sorry, I just wanted a Frosty. Because if he missed two free throws, I guess the fans get a Frosty. So that's what happened, and I walked back. Now, Max, I, I don't know how he – I'm not excusing the fan behavior, clearly, and we'll talk about that. But I don't know how IT got out the words, I'm sorry, I just wanted a Frosty with a straight face. I, I don't know either, but that's what the guy said. <laughs> that's un- that's said. unbelievable. I'm like, I'm- uh, I'm just looking like I, I told somebody yesterday I was doing something on, on television. And I said, what happened if it was a case of meat or some steak? <laughs> I mean, me, me, me the people that came with pitchforks and, yeah. you know, and, and spears. I mean, I, I don't know. But to me, it's a, it was an ugly situation. He was much better than Cedric Maxwell because when Cedric Maxwell went into stands, he went in there with a vengeance. <laughs> he went in there, and, and, and I understand the leather of the law. Sean and I were, were talking about that, and he said, well, you know, it didn't happen to you. I said, well, because the rules weren't implemented when, you know, I went in the stands. I got back, and I started playing in a, a meaningful game, became the Finals MVP that year. Mm-hmm. But when you think about Isaiah and, and, and fans' behavior, a lot of it has gotten out of line. And I've said this before. I said this again, even with the Celtic fans. This year, when they were chanting Kyrie sucks, that to me was Bush. And and the reason I say it is because, yeah, I'm a big Kyrie fan. But if I have an eight-year-old child there, a five-year-old child, 10-year-old child there, and I'm chanting that kind of stuff, and the child that looks at me, Kyrie sucks what, Dad? I, I, that's not a, that's not appropriate right. for a building like now. And for Celtic fans who have been so classy over the years, when they start chanting, where is Kyrie? I was okay with that. Even if they, even if they boo, I have some differences about that, but um, 
those, those things to me, you know, when fans' behavior has, has gotten out of line. Yeah, there's a line and, you don't you know, cross. You, you, dude, you're not you're not in the you're not in the uh, Roman days. You're not in the Colosseum. You know, where you know off with his head or you know he lived. No, this is a basketball. It's a sporting event. Yeah, you have a right to, to, to hiss or boo and all those things you might but there's certain lines that you just don't cross. And and yeah, and I agree with Isaiah. That you know, it, that that line was crossed. We got people, you know, giving you the finger and, and, and up yours and F you because you made a free throw doing your job. <laughs> that to me is crazy. And for and, and the way he explained it, you could there's a video of him going in the stand. He, Very measured. He said yeah. exa- a- a- exactly what he said. And I understand you can't do that, but his behavior to me was the kind of behavior that sent a message to fans. I'm not a crazy dude. Don't, you know, don't disrespect me. Uh, you know, I, I understand. I, I, I really get it. And, and, and it's unfortunate for you know, for him, the fact that, you know, that he has to pay the price for stupidity, what somebody else did. Now, was it not smart for him not to go in, in the stands? Yeah, it probably was. But, you know, that was that was his, uh, that, that was his, his sword. That's what he said about his dad. His dad said, look, you know what? Don't let nobody ever disrespect you. And uh, he was following what his dad was saying two-game suspension for IT, but like you said, back in the day, 81 East Finals, you went into the crowd swinging. You know, he, he walked into the crowd. You went in swinging. Uh, what did that fan say to you to make you lose your cool? You know, it was it was the heat of the battle, and I'll say it like I said last night on TV. It, no disrespect at all to the servicemen. You know, my father was a, a Marine. He was wounded in Vietnam, but that's the closest I've ever come to war. And it was like I was on edge. And when I got knocked into that fan and he muttered some words, I, don't, I can't even hardly tell you what he said, but it was like, get back in the, you know, effing game. You know, so I was like, what? I mean, and, and I, he might have said something else, but at that point, I just kind of lost it. Like, are you serious? Hmm. You know, you're here to see a game and you're, you know. So I, I just, I lost my mind. And the funny thing about that, the funniest thing about all this, and I need to tweet this out, I actually showed Isaiah that footage of me going in the stands when he was here several years ago. Hmm. Uh, and he just kind of looked at me like, oh, boy, you know, <laughs> he just laughed. He said, that would have got you suspended. Well, let's fast forward to the day. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's close with this because it is the holiday season. I know that uh, we were talking off air. You're more of a Thanksgiving guy than a Christmas guy. But what's your favorite holiday movie? And I'm assuming it's not anything with Michael Myers, like uh, Robert Williams said the other day. <laughs> wow, my favorite holiday movie. That is that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think. See, I, I don't know if it's a movie, but it was a, it's, it was a, a time for me, and that would be like Rudolph and uh, you know. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, I don't have like those movies that you go to at the th- no. I don't have any of those. Those old like claymation um, looking ones that they no, air on no, TV every once in a while. There was a there was a movie and I, I won't. I, it was maybe it was a preacher and his wife. And Denzel Washington was in with Whitney Houston was around Christmas time. Huh. That might be one of my favorite movies because how much I love Denzel and how much Whitney Houston's voice was just unbelievable. So that could probably be one of my favorite movies. I'll have to think about that. Any uh, any New Year's resolutions? Do you get into that at all? Yes. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I've made several before in my life. I think my New Year's resolution, one, this year I'm, I'm getting um, – involved with awakening 180 okay so i'm gonna lose i'm gonna be losing some weight this year and uh you know just to fit in my 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 great suits so i'm I'm excited about that um just to be a better person you know just connect with people even more than i do now and maybe that is through twitter and and teaching class and just um just trying to you know just give myself a little bit more 
freedom to branch out. And I always feel I branch out anyway, but even more so this year. I just looked it up as we're talking. It uh, was The Preacher's Wife with Denzel and Whitney Houston. Courtney B. Vance was in it also. And it, uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't know uh, how much of a Christmas movie it is, but it did come out around Christmas. It was released in yeah. 1996, just a couple weeks before the holiday. Yeah, it was uh, it was a movie that was uh, um, about the preacher's wife. Denzel actually, I think, was sort of a ghost in it, almost like you know, uh, and, and came back and oh, helped okay. Whitney uh, through some times in her life. So it was just a, it was a, it was a fun movie to that I remember. Sure. It was around Christmas that I said, "Wow, I really loved that one." Well, I always love these chats, and I'm glad that we get the opportunity to do them. And, uh, you know, obviously wish you and yours the uh, happiest of holidays. Hopefully, uh, you know, you guys will, will get a, a – I know you got to work on Christmas Day, but you'll get a little bit of time together and, and enjoy things. And, you know, on to 2020. I, I can't believe it's already 2020. <laughs> it's amazing. Dude, it is an absolutely wonderful time. And, you know, for you to – for people to say, oh, you're working on Christmas Day. And, dude. That's called work. You have a job. Yeah. You know, this in in the economy and the way things are going, this world look, I am so happy and I'm so blessed to be with the Celtics and all the other, you know, people who want me to work for them, to be on with you and, you know, our station right now. And it, it's just uh it's just a great time for me and um uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, I wish you the best for you and your family Thank and you. I yeah, just just wish the entire world just just peace and joy and you know just get on to 2020 and let's just try to make this a better year well follow the man on twitter continue to connect with him listen to him obviously on the sports hub doing games with sean grandy who is another uh you know guy who hops on with us from time to time as well and and again always a thrill max we'll do it again real soon but happy new year to you and happy holidays all right sir have a good one Love talking to Max. Always so great. One tell you today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% bonus on your next deposit. Thanks again to Max. We're going to get out of here. Producer Evan Valenti, Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media. And thanks especially to you. I say that each and every show I know, but it's so true. It's truer this time of year. Right around the holidays, after Thanksgiving, leading into you know Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate, just to really take a moment, step back, and appreciate those of you that are out there that make all of this possible. Because believe me, if if we didn't have listeners, we wouldn't be doing the show just for ourselves. So we're we're so grateful to you for uh, tuning in each and every week as you do and adjusting on the fly, whether the show's out on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever the heck it is. You guys keep finding us, and we appreciate that. And keep finding me on Twitter as well. At Adam M. Kaufman, keep following along. We'll keep debating, and, uh, you know, hopefully it's always good-spirited. I know sometimes things can get a little wild, but that's the beauty of social media too, I guess, sometimes. Anyway, happy holidays, happy new year. Subscribe to the show. That can be your present to me. Subscribe on iTunes, search Celtics Beat, leave a rating, leave a review. If one person leaves a rating and review for every 10 listeners we have, we'd be flooded with them. So greatly appreciate that. Thanks again. I'm getting out of here. Go Celtics and, uh, you know, just lounge around. Watch the game. Christmas Day. What could be better? Get us out of here, Gino. Gino.